Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for March 1st, Tuesday. It's March 2022. March. That's Ian. I'm Pat. Country. On the show today, we'll be talking about our time at the SoCal Gaming Expo this past weekend. We might have a small Amico update, maybe a small one. Update. A Nintendo Switch Online gets achievements and more tomfoolery happening uh i, I was asked ian how was your weekend but i knew how your weekend was because i was with you the entire weekend for you were with me the entire weekend in body and spirit we were at the socal gaming expo yeah in beautiful ontario california it was exhausting it was great it was a wonderful a wonderfully run convention um it was uh my first one back my first one back my Voice cracks a lot. I didn't hear that days. crack. Oh, you didn't? I caught it. I could. Well, it was my first one back in three so. years. It was three years. Well, it was my first convention, I mean, in since. Two and a half years. Since, uh, yeah, Portland 2019. 2019. Um, I think, you know, it was a, it was a smaller area, um, but I think it was, you know, uh, perfect kind of for this. I, I feel like everyone who has to throw a convention at this point is in this position where hedge betting hedge betting even yeah. i mean e- even as things get better right now and probably for the next few years every person who's throwing a convention is probably going to feel like it's a gamble yeah and it's very very stressful we're at the whim of these fucking uh, covid variants coming and going so um you know kudos to the team for what they put out i had a really good time i think everyone had a really good time uh they nailed it on the vendors um, the spacing, you mean, and everything? I just, I think, or the, or the, or the constitution uh, of, the, of the, or the, the, the constitution of them too. I, I just, that was one of the more interesting show floors I'd seen in a while in terms uh, of variety. I was going to say there, you found almost every. There was one person that had a ton of Turbo Graphics and PC Engine stuff. Another person had Turbo stuff, I think, as well. And I saw three right. people there with AES stuff. Three, three, three people with okay. AES stuff. Don't usually see that. Um, I saw. Uh, if we count like the 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 filler sports games that you had, I think I saw four booths with some sort of PC Engine or Turbo Graphics um, presence. I had more than filler sports PC Engine. I, I resent that. You know, I had a Fire Pro. Okay. I had that Densetsu one. The, the uh, no Densetsu that no one in the U.S. is going to play unless they know Japanese. I had more than filler. Don't don't you don't you slander I'm my sorry, selection. I love Fire Pro, but Fire Pro is by on PC Engine. Fire Pro is the definition of filler. Like it, there's just there's it's everywhere. I got Twelve bucks for that, Ian. Yeah, I sold my Mahjong games. Um, I sold all my PC. I sold. I'll get into. We'll get into that later. Yeah, later yeah, topic. We'll get into that later. Um, but I saw four, or maybe even five uh, booths that had. I'm not saying a ton, but had some sort of PC engine or, or, or turbo presence. Um, a lot more Game Boy than I'm used to seeing. Um, yeah, there was that. Bo- there was one down the road from us that had a, a bunch in the little stand with a little. Yeah, but I mean that was everywhere. So I, what I, you spent a lot. You bought a lot. No, I didn't. I, well, uh, you, I spent a lot. At, at, I spent a. I spent a decent amount at the PC Engine guys. With everything else I bought was like sub ten dollar Game Boy shit. 
Okay. So, right, where I turn around, you were buying something else. Yeah, but like, I mean, that's that. And granted, you're right. I mean, compared to how I've been at you know recent conventions, even the ones like leading up to uh, you know uh, before COVID, like I remember, I think I bought one Game Boy Advance game in Long Island. Gotcha. I think I bought like maybe two Game Boy games in in Portland. But if it's there, I'll, I'll pick it up. And it was, um, yeah. So I I bought one thing. I bought one of the Sierra Disney titles I did like in the mid 80s sure. for 20 bucks. It was marked 40. They said, make me an offer. I said, I'll give you 20 bucks. We'll talk more about it. the buying and selling later. We've got a, more about that. But, we've got uh, a topic. But, but you know, uh, we saw part of the Game Chasers movie before we got dinner. It was entertaining. Looks like a real movie. Well, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so I would hope so. They had a crew eating and everything. <laughs> I mean, but I, I just, I, it's not something I necessarily <laughs> followed and I even told them. Um, you know, uh, I don't mean this to sound like base but i i don't know what to expect from a movie made by youtubers in general well, billy always had an eye for shooting and editing from sure. the game chasers you know so I, I just i don't know what to expect i've never watched any of the movies i i, I have not seen, saw the avgn i've not seen the avgn okay. movie that's that's a real movie so i was just impressed like it 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 looks like a movie. Ave- like Adventures in Game Chasing. They changed the title, which was a smart move because not everyone knows who the hell the game chasers are in, in real life. Yes. So it can appeal to a wider, a wider audience. And supposedly, uh, supposedly, Jay told me I walked out about two minutes right before the Pat character shows up. So there is a Pat character that's not – I'm not playing that, it. Yes. But there is someone – I guess it's an homage to me or something. And I was just like, well, that's interesting. I existed. I, I could have probably shot it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but – and then um, um, you're leaving out an important uh, monumental achievement that happened that weekend. You left out that Pat came oh. in and won the Paperboy NES High Score right. trophy. Right. And Ian, Ian was a doubter. I was. I was a Debbie doubter. He said, no, Pat, you got to do that. I was a Daniel doubter. And I was like, oh, really, Ian? Ian forgets the years of me dominating during the NES marathon. Well, you also said you practiced leading up to it. No, I did not say that. What I did was I looked at the manual and, and saw the scoring. I did not practice. Mm. Slander. Slander. Did not say that. What I did, though, was when in the first game... I, I did not hit the the high score was forty thousand. On my second attempt Saturday afternoon, I hit eighty thousand. I crushed it. And then on Sunday, I'm gonna put it right here. I got like the top five high scores. My highest was one hundred twenty thousand and change. Now that's good enough for tenth place on Twin Galaxies. Wow, tenth place without even really without training. Um, the the but, interesting thing that I think you said about uh, Paperboy Paper is that you know it's it's so hard look to at this trophy. Look, look at a good job, and all the trophies are good. Sorry to cut you off. They had an NBA Jam trophy that looked beautiful. It was a basketball that was like literary. Then they had the Doctor Mario trophy, which had literally pills in it. It was like, it was Tic Tacs. It was Tic Tacs they put in a, a prescription container. And, and I said before the event, I'm winning. This. Sorry to cut you off. Go That's on okay. Well, look, um, so uh, what was I saying? It was uh, oh. I, Staying alive is hard enough in Paperboy that if you just focus on staying alive as opposed to all the scoring, other scoring yeah. stuff, like like cr- crawl before you can walk, basically. Yes, you're going if you if you just focus on so, staying alive, you're probably naturally going to get a better high score than anyone who's literally trying to play the game legitimately without knowing how to play the game. Yes, it's a balance between staying alive because once you hit Wednesday, Thursday gets hairy. And you got to know there is a pattern, but you also have to be super precise on like ra- the radio controlled cars moving while the dog's sitting there. You got to get the right side of the dog in order to hit it with a newspaper or else it'll eat you up. Um, and I had like professional, say, gamers going after the score. 
the, the there was a I think they were, I don't know if they're brothers or friends. They were called the, I think the, the the score chasers. I think they uh, exist everywhere. I think there's different teams. I don't quite know the okay. score chasers so, thing, so but that that guy that I got into it with was one of those. Was one of those, but his his shirt was a different color. The guy you got into years back at. Yes, he was wearing like a purple version of that, and his had different games on it. So I think they're like teams or something like that. What, what event was that at? Was that Retropalooza? No, you didn't go to Retropalooza. Yet. That was Retropalooza. No, that was that was uh, that was uh, Game On Expo twenty eighteen. So, so the one one of the guys with uh, the, from the score change, they're both nice. <laughs> no, they both uh, of the guys to yeah. this. The yeah, one came nice. over and congratulated me after he realized yeah. he couldn't get close to my score. Um, but the, the one won the Doctor Mario versus tournament. Yeah, one won that, and I damn it, I, I missed out on entering. The uh, Street Fighter Two tournament Sunday, damn it! But then um, the other one spent the entire Sunday hours trying to beat my score. I, I was nervous. I, I it is, and I, in all transparency, I did about ten attempts, and out of the ten attempts, I got uh, like probably four of the five top scores of the weekend. And I put it at a distance on Sunday morning before the event opened. I when I got the one twenty, which is com- I completed Sunday. Um, so I was nervous, but I said to JJ, "This guy's been trying for hours. If he if he beats it, I want a chance to repeat the score at the end of the day. It's only fair." I said, "But no, I got it. I'm happy. Uh, it was a great event. It was good to be out there with people having fun. Uh, good good con food too. I got the chicken burrito bowl both days there. So I gonna... thought it was a little plain, but the pho that we the pho restaurant we went to was quite good. And we went to the Vietnamese bakery afterwards, and then um... I found a spot for this. And uh, yeah, that that shit. I was going to say something else about it." Something about the food. Something about the food? Can't remember. It was good. Anyways, it was a great convention. Great I convention. enjoyed it. Our friend Tom, our friend Tom brought us uh, delicious empanadas. Uh, I was I gift- did not have any. I forgot to, I forgot to have one. Was- I was gifted uh, marijuana or THC containing items okay. uh, three times. So thank you. Thank you to all of you. Slipped that under the radar. I didn't see. I didn't notice that. It's. Uh, I mean, it's legal in California. It's not a big deal. No, I, I uh, mean, I didn't notice it. But so you I, can't do it. I, I will. I will say that the people who sneak me on my in my home state in my home state, it's a treat. It's a treat. But in other states, you are literally lifesavers <laughs> because I can't always bring that shit. Um, They're not literally lifesavers across. I mean, they'd be tasty. The border of fruit. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, we did a panel as well. Oh, we did. It was good. But unfortunately, we, did ha- we had no topics at the time, so we just rambled for an hour. People enjoyed it. It was good. We did a Q&A, but I don't think that's going to make... Maybe that'll be an exclusive. Maybe I'll put, put up as an exclusive on say, Patreon. Throw it up on Patreon. There you go, Ian. That's why Ian gets paid the big bucks. That's there. Right. Throw it up. <laughs> it's like, that's right. All right, trophy. I got to find a space for the trophy next week here. Hey, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. I'm doing stuff. Uh, Nintendo pulled Smash Brothers from Evo, uh, which is a bummer. Um, but for those who may have forgotten or don't remember, Sony bought Evo after... Um, there was uh, a scandal involving one of the uh, the original sure uh, that was a promoters like a year ago year a couple of years ago I, I honestly it could have been a year ago it could have been five years ago I can't recall sure um, and uh, at the time Nintendo said you know we'll we'll uh, we'll think about it going forward sure and as of now they have pulled out um they started going to evo in i believe it was 2007 that's what this gadget article says um and i think a lot of people who played smash were extremely happy to see smash brothers um at a 
at a respected tournament, especially the years that it got uh, main stage. There was a couple of years where it got main stage booking, where it was like, you know, a, a focal point mm-hmm. um, for a game that a lot of people, you know, uh, that a lot of people are like, it's not really a fighting game. And I don't really care what anyone's opinion is on it, but I, I it, it validated their hobby, basically. Sure. Uh, but Nintendo, against all odds, because Nintendo usually does not engage with any competitive scenes, uh, Nintendo has started uh, running their own competitive Smash Brothers events uh, with a promoter called pa- uh, with Panda Global. Yeah, they partner with them. Yeah, they I think that's more of it versus the Sony connection. Yes, I do too. Um, and that's the thing. Whenever we talk about exclusives and stuff like that, there there are still people who come out of the woodwork. And I get it. They have to be strategic with licenses. But it's like when we talk about the Bethesda stuff. Not all of that is going to be exclusive to Xbox because why would they... Why would they stop revenue income coming in? If if it, Nintendo, I mean, it's not like Sony plasters their stuff all over the Evo thing. It's not like, it, it, you know, we saw the one year. It didn't look like it was a big ad for um, PlayStation. There's, there's no reason for them not to take that stage for promotion unless they're doing it yeah. themselves. And this is and this is like a, like I don't want to say it's a lost leader for Nintendo to do this because Nintendo's not really getting anything besides publicity out of these tournaments. Sure. And this is a game that's, you know, it's been out for years. So if they're going to do it I, themselves. Yeah. Obviously, the Melee one, they're not making money off of anymore. And obviously, uh, Ultimate's been out for years at this point. What, three years at this point? Three and a half? Something like know, that? Sure. So it's not like they're selling any more copies of the game at this point by promoting this. But it obviously, for the future game that comes out in the next console, whatever, four or five years later, if there's another one, because this is Ultimate, how do you get better, Ian? I don't know. Maybe you just add more fighters and they take the Smash Bros. Excuse me, the, the, uh, the Mario Kart route and just... People are going to hate me, but this is yeah. what I've been saying for years now. Every generation of Nintendo products gets a Mario Kart and a Smash Brothers early on that they simply update as a games as a service. I understand why people don't like games as a service, but with shit like this, it, it makes just sense. makes sense. Instead of re- it, it's not it's not 1980 or 1990s. We don't have technical limitations. We yes. don't need to release four entries of a game. No, the graphics won't get that much better. Right. We perfect the gameplay. Why do you need an entire new game from scratch? Yeah. You just don't. You don't. You don't. We're, we, we're grown ups now. We got there. Even. We finally got there. <laughs> Took 50 years of, vid- of modern video games, the anniversary this year, to get there. You know, we we got there, or at least video games as a as a product, which is fifty year anniversary this year with with Pong and more importantly the, the Man of Us Odyssey for home consoles. Good old the goat Ralph Bear. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's not I don't see, I don't see a lot of backlash against it. I think people kind of expected that, or they weren't going to be shocked by that. You know, yeah, I've been pulling out there. Uh, this is an interesting little article out of Japan. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Um, I got to bring up the translation. So this is a uh, museum, translate to English, uh, to Japanese. Basically what I saw was someone uh, was going around and uh, basically taking old retro video game systems, like Famicoms, uh, refurbishing them and giving them to people who were uh, who have to stay inside in Japan because of the pandemic. So it's a nonprofit called Jarga Japan Retro Game Association. I love that, Jarga. Uh, was established in 2016. I do kind of like that. Jarga. Yeah. Jarga. Jarga. Yutada Ishii, 49, the chairman of the board, has been in the used game sales business for nearly 20 years, has endeavored to repair game machines, secure parts, and collect software. This is an article from withnews.jp, Japanese article. 
Um, currently, it is aiming to reduce its sales business and realize a retro game museum that displays its collections. Okay. People in here are trying to get that going as well over on, uh, across the ocean. Recently, I visited a base in Osaka pre- prefecture and asked Mr. Ishii to introduce a part of the huge gate huge stock and asked about the current situation surrounding retro games. So there's a shelf of like, there's a master system there. It looks like the, is that the Japanese one? It could be. And a couple, a few 32Xs, some game gears in the box. There's a good old Ian's uh, Duo R right there. And there's a Duo X as well, Duo RX and a Mega CD. So this is, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff there. So like I said, he started what? Giving out, uh, giving out crap to people. 100 Super Nintendo systems were presented free of charge to families with children in response to the simultaneous closures of schools due to the coronavirus. There you go. Doing good work. People playing old games, laying around. Like you, it's like you said at the shop, people started coming in and wanting to play games again. Right. What else are you going to do with your free time? You know? Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, over the pandemic, people were a lot more willing to try new things when they were getting bored. So, yeah. Um, you know, even if they didn't, you know, in Japan where video games are, you know, more of a regular <clears throat> pastime for people. Um, I feel like anyone who maybe was avoiding it would still really enjoy and get use out of something like that. It's an interesting article because it, in the translation, it, it changes like Famicom to NES here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows him how he, you know, because Famicom notoriously would yellow a lot of them. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, we fortunately didn't have that problem because we had gray, not like the Well, I mean, we, it, not as I bad, mean, as, it, but we'd still have the problem. It's not as bad. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot rarer to find a yellowed NES. Uh, versus this, but um, he went through how, how, how the process of doing it and like drying them out and, pu- and putting all the shells in a box there, <laughs> and so yeah, it's, it's an interesting article because it goes into like some of the repair stuff uh, as well, like the Nintendo sixty four's uh, analog uh, stick there. No, it's a nice article. It's a nice article, and I always heard that like retro gaming wasn't as big in Japan versus here. That's something I've um, heard too, and that's uh, I was thinking about that earlier because you mentioned that you know kind of like a museum you know, over there. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to see. It, it's at least not, maybe maybe there always has been a, a group of people there who have been trying to preserve it. But it's nice to hear through articles now that there are people in Japan um, looking at it closer as something to, sure. you know, that that's useful. It's not it's not just junk. Sure. This is a huge article. I mean, it goes into uh, bootleg stuff. Um, it goes. There's a little bit about Game and Watch here. No, check it out. I'll link it up. Oh, there's the cool. Uh, uh, the the Western uh, light gun we didn't get here, Nintendo's one, which I sold the Comerica one to someone at the event, uh, which was the gray one that came in here was unlicensed, which was yeah. It's, it's oh like yeah, that's revolver. right. I saw it. Yeah, you had that. Um, sold that for ten bucks. Someone got a decent deal on that without the box. Anyway, yeah, check out the article. I'll link it. He's got to click like Google Translate to English, and you can you can uh, uh, see that. Uh, there's no translation needed at ultimateintendo.com if you're an English speaker natively. Uh, you can get pins. That we was sold a bunch of pretty, pretty, uh, pretty centric, pretty, pretty Eurocentric, pretty, pretty something. I said if you're an English speaker, speaker there's yeah. no translation needed. You know, I qualified it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Slander. He's slandering me this whole podcast. Yeah. You can get the books. You can get the, the RBI baseball stickers. I sold about 10 the past weekend there. Not all of them. And then uh, uh, we have the shirts that are limited, the limited shirts, limited. as well as the old Mom Man. Someone said I should get Mom Man on, on the, the soundboard. I think they're right. Um, we only have, I think, small limited shirts left right now. Uh, but we have medium, a lot of medium and, and smalls for the Mom Mans. For some reason, uh, not no, the smaller folks don't want the limited shirts. Just, just the larger folks want the limited shirts. So we're sorry. We, we, we misjudged the... Uh, 
the form factor of, of the average uh, CU podcast consumer, I guess you could say that. <laughs> what can you there, do? There have been years where, where the smalls sold. It's yes. just, it's very weird. No, no, for no, we sold out of all the other shirts yeah. that we printed out. And like I said, we, we, there's probably the same amount of smalls left, maybe less of the, of the my man shirts. For some reason, the limited shirts, uh, the black ones, we only have smalls left on there. Uh, I'm going to be on Twitch Wednesday night. Ian will not be there. I will not. He'll be there in a month for the hundredth, though. I think he told me that in, in, in privacy. I don't think I told um, him anything. I, mean, I don't think I told that, you any of that. But we'll that's, see. That's at twitch.tv slash country code. Uh, and then yeah, and then I'm on Cameo for all your shout out needs. You can ask about me holding up my nice Paperboy trophy. Yeah, which I will rub in his face forever. All right. 50% of Bitcoin payments were fraudulent, according to PC Gamer. What did I say? What did I say? I didn't say anything. Um, no, it's just, it's funny. It's funny. Gabe Newell uh, of, of, from Steam, Steam, uh, did an interview, and, that, and they stopped taking uh, Bitcoin because there were fraudulent transla- transactions willy-nilly. Yep. What? Cryptocurrency is, is, is associated with fraudulent activities and illegal things? Really? Really? I did not know that. Either. Who knew? So um, they introduced it in, in April 2016, and they moved it uh, a year and a half later, December 2017. I went before the crash. I, yeah, and I'm honestly surprised that it even took it took that long. But that that's when it was still like more of a nerdy hobbyist thing before it like even got... Yeah, it was in 2017 when it, when it started to blow up and people were like, oh, to the moon. And then it, it crashed when I predicted it was going to be in, in that December. I did a not just come on podcasting about that. And it crashed weeks later. Um, they removed, removed it due to a volatility of Bitcoin's price. What, you think? Has it ever been that stable? And a significant increase in the fees to process transactions on the Bitcoin network. Well, there you go. Uh, more recently, Valve raised the ire of crypto fans by banning crypto and NFT games from the store. Good on Good. you, Steam. Last week, while talking to Valve President Gabe Newell about the Steam Deck, I also asked about the, that rule and his take on cryptocurrency in general turns out not a fan at least when it comes to steam and he said the problem is that a lot of the actors who are in the, that space are not people you want interacting with your customers yes because they're going to try to fleece people yeah absolutely fleece people for their fucking version of crypto that they made a ton of so that it goes up even incrementally a little bit and they can cash out and make a ton of money that's all this shit is that's all it is that's all it is that's all it is all it is uh, we have problems. We started accepting cryptocurrencies as, a, as payment option. 50% of those transactions were fraudulent, which is a mind-boggling number. Yes, it is. It really is. That's insane. These were customers we didn't want to have. I would think so, Gabe. You would not want to have them. He re- re- reiterated that uh, Bitcoin's fluctuations were a complete nightmare. Imagine, Ian, if you had cash laying around in your wallet, and then, like, one day you could buy, like, you know, a burrito with it and, you know, a drink, maybe some, some quesadilla some rolled toggles. The next day, you couldn't anymore because the, the money just plummeted by like 30% and you couldn't afford <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Or you get 30% less food. Oh, you can't get uh, rolled tacos tomorrow. You can get them maybe, maybe the next day, you'll be able to get them again. That's what cryptocurrency is. You can That's have a bean. Yeah. Like the mice that carve the bean like it's a ham on the cartoons. You ever see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Did more than one cartoon do that? I think there. I think that was. Did Jerry ever do that? I think Jerry might have done it, but I know another mouse definitely. Like a Warner did. Brothers, yeah, cartoon uh, uh, yeah, yeah, would have been a um, slice the bean. Hey, that's bean. a whole. That's a big meal for them. To a mouse, bean slicing. I wonder if, I wonder if another mouse ran amok this weekend. Why I wasn't here? Any other thoughts on this? No, no. I'm just. I'm not surprised. 
It's a neat, it's a neat thing to tell folks. But uh, I mean, what else am I going to say? Well, this is what Gabe said. That Gabe smart, smart person. I think, um, which is what Ian's uh, echoed and everyone else. There's a lot of really interesting technology in blockchain and figuring out how to do a distributed ledger. But I think that people haven't figured out why you need, you actually need a distributed ledger. Right. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I used to posh, like, yeah, it'd be cool to use this. It's a cool party but, trick. like, what do you, yeah, like, at this, at this point, what are you doing with it? It's it's a cool party trick that, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is it is all, it is another example of a solution in search of a question. Um, yes. And they've just managed to push it very, very hard and fast. And that's, and they said, and that's sort of where we were at with the blockchain-based NFT stuff. So much of it was ripping customers off. And we were like, yeah, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to enable screwing large numbers of our customers over. So that's what drove that decision. Yeah. There's nothing inherently uh, about distributed ledgers that make them problematic. It's just so far, that's always what our experience has been. Yeah, the technology has been abused because that's the only – that's almost like the reason it was created maybe or like – you know what I mean? Like maybe there was a, a, a highfalutin need for it at some point, but – it hasn't been. It hasn't borne out that it's been good for anyone, really. Besides people looking to get rich quick, right? Get in early, Ian. That's always good to hear. Get in early. Gotta get in. Gotta get in. Talk about our our, our boy Sid Meier here. What? Sid Meier? Uh, yes. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sid. Sid came out recently and said some stuff that I honestly, Sid's uh, getting older. Uh, it, it, it's, this is pretty much like common knowledge stuff, but it's nice to hear someone respected say it. So just as we, so we had a couple of former gaming people get on board with fucking, uh, NFT shit. Right. Like, uh, like fucking Will Wright. Yes. Which was so sad. So to hear Sid Meier come out and kind of be like the, 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 yeah, the, the greatest of all time, the, the sane voice in the room when it comes to the elder statesman of, of game programming, um, so he says, you know, what is unique, special, and appealing about games as a form of entertainment um, is, is is being able to just focus on the gameplay. Yes. When you start thinking about making great games and then start thinking about them as a vehicle or opportunity for something else, monetization specifically, that's when we stray a little bit further from the path. Um, and he says something that's fairly interesting. He says that... Uh, um, Gameplay is kind of cheap, was something that he had mentioned. I can't find the... Oh, it's, it, I just have to hit this to continue the article. Um, in that quote. great gameplay generally comes from, you know, a, a couple of minds. Um, but that... Um, yeah, game design part is critical and crucial, but doesn't require cast of thousands in the way some of the other aspects do. So it's perhaps easy to overlook the importance of the investment in game design and gameplay is. Yes. Where that's really where you need to focus. You can have all these hundreds of employees yes. working on on graphics and UI and uh, monetization yeah. options in your FIFA Ultimate team, but if What's you don't have part? if you don't have enough people just focusing on the gameplay, it's awful. And that's where all of these NFT games are going to fall apart. And I feel like yeah. that's, I feel I almost now that I'm re reading this i feel like this almost feels like an attack at someone like will wright who has gone on to make these nft games and while i will hazard a guess and say that if anyone was going to anyone who's making nft games right now is going to make one that's at least remotely amusing it might be will wright sure. but you have still eliminated that main focus on gameplay it is now going to it, it may be the first time that person plays it but 
it's going to become work. Like I've yeah. always said, when it comes down to playing a game where you're actually making money, they are going to find the exploit that gets them that money the quickest, and that's all they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, they'll figure out that the, the uh, not the hack, they'll figure out the, the direct route. The, the, the optimal route, yes. Optimal route, right. And then you break the game. Yeah. You break the fucking game. Yeah, all of these games uh, are meant to be broken. Every, every single one or, of these games that's being put out is meant to be broken. Or get in early. Because then you, you ha- you're on the ground floor of it. Right. Because it's not like a Ponzi or anything, but it's a Ponzi. All, all, all this all this NFT sh- uh, shit. Um, no. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, Sid Meier, for those out here, was, was involved with Microprose, uh, Simulation Games, and then obviously Civilization. Civilization. And so you, can play, you can go back and play Civilization 1, and it's the same core gameplay of all the... It's, it's great. Things change over time, and I, you know, I, I, I love Civ Six. I liked Civ Three a lot, um, or was it Civ Four? But Civ One, I mean, it's, it's still, still a fun game. It's a great game. Pop no, in the I, Super Nintendo version, even, and or and it's it's a good time. Civ, uh, when I played Civ One on a Lark, on it was uh, part of the Sound Blaster sixteen. There was like a bunch of CD-ROM games, and one was yeah. a Microprose four pack. Remember when laptops or when. PCs just used to come with that plastic bag full of fucking software Sometimes and, and shit. Yeah. Well, this was in the Sound Blaster 16 pack, which had the CD-ROM. And there was a Microprose 4 pack. It had Railroad Tycoon, uh, F-17A Stealth, which I almost never played. Um, third game, which I forget. And then it had Civilization. That game and, is for dads. Yeah. And I never played Civilization out of all of those. I tried even Railroad Tycoon. And one time I said, what is this Civilization? This seems kind of weird. And I was like, at the time, probably, what was like 12 or 13? 12 or 13 when we got our second computer, which was a, a 46, uh, 4633. Um, and then I loved it. I figured it out. I was like, oh, what? You start with the little icon that's a, that's a settler, and then you create a sit. Like, I got it, and then I was so jazzed when I saw Civ 2 hit the shelves. And Civ 2 at the time was regarded as one of the best, throughout the nineties, one of the best games ever made, especially on the PC. Civ 2 was always ranked up high by like PC Gamer. It's like top three. Uh, of games, I think it was like like two or one, and one of their uh, ones at one point, and it's the same game. That's the point. It's like you had a great foundation of a game. You make the money because it's a great game, not because there is there is right. uh, uh, fucking gimmicks involved or or there's uh you know uh, whatever they say play to earn bullshit. It's a great game. You'll be selling Civilization for the next thousand years iterations of it because it's a great game. You figure it out. I love you, Sid Meier. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of those games where, like, uh, it just you can play it so many times and still get that. You can play it forever and still get a sense of discovery, or find yeah. a neat a neat trick it's on, a on, on, game. on like your you know your science tree or something yeah. like that. It's it's yeah it's it's great. It's always a different game each time. Uh, Nintendo Switch got online achievements in. Not quite. However, I do feel like that would be a oh, great oh, sorry. way. Missions and rewards. I'm sorry. Well, no, right. it is quite different. It okay. is quite t- so. I watched the video. Basically, what Nintendo has added is through the Nintendo Online service, you can go and you can check out these these missions. Um, they're not; it's not achievements like what you're thinking of yet. With like you know, do this in a game, do that in a game. You know, you get an achievement. What this is is it's more of like an overlying. We're going to tell you what to play. You should play a certain game. This, play this yeah, play play Super Mario okay. Brothers on the NES okay. uh, thing, or you know, play Super Mario Odyssey, or do this, sure. and we'll give you some coins. They'll give you some, some it's platinum. Like platinum and yeah, you can redeem for digital or physical items. So, and, and what they've Switch added in addition is uh, sort of customizable 
avatars where uh, they have animal crossing ones now and uh super mario odyssey ones and it says that they're going to rotate them out every week and what you can do is you can use your platinum coins to buy the pictures but then there's also like little things you can do to edit the pictures like you can pick a frame or a background for it so you know you can mix yeah basically you can you can shuffle a bunch of layers together and make yourself your own okay your own little custom avatar um i do hope that this does signal that nintendo is maybe looking into um an achievements system why why would you like to see that instead of this like what was what was it well because that's what people want I mean, okay. that's, that's what I want to see. The achievement system is more focused on the actual game. It's find all Minutia of these, do the these. Oldest, it's, yeah. it's, and while I don't often go out of my way for the achievements, um, I know a lot of people who say and have shown me with playtime um, that achievements have really helped them get more out of a game. It's helped them look at games from different angles. They don't necessarily go from all of them, but, you know, they always find they a couple. They explore more. They find, yeah, they yeah. explore more. They find a couple cool achievements okay. in an achievement list to make sure that they Maybe go after. Maybe something the game didn't realize was there. Or, or something they yeah. wouldn't. It, right. It, 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 you know, for instance, you can play an RPG, and if you get into a certain type of class or something like that, uh-huh. you know, you'll play through the entire game, and you won't see half the spells of something. So if there's an achievement for leveling up a mage to a certain level... It might make people go that extra mile to check out something and, and, okay. and experience the variety in games. Um, I used to hate achievements because I used to just think uh, it was a stupid way to add a you know a, a meaningless score to it. But if it generally if it genuinely helps people get more out of the games and explore game systems more, um, then I'm all for it. I think it really is beneficial for stuff like role playing games, big open world games, games that have a lot of stuff that you could easily miss. I, f- I think I actually like this. I'm, I'm not a bit. I never got into achievements, uh, but I like this idea of like we want we want to encourage you to try other games out, even stuff on the online, uh, you know the uh, the retro games that are on the online Switch because it's like almost like an educational stuff as well. Oh, Ian, this week I don't know, play uh, Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat if it's on there. Like it gives you encouraging you to try something new, even for like five minutes. Oh, go play, check it out. You know, like why not? Go. It says like oh, you can go play, go play Super Mario Brothers, the original. Play the NES. I almost like that idea. It's almost like it's an encouraging way to, to nudge you to, you know, play some stuff you have on here that you may not even realize you have, you know, because some people think they might be archaic to play Super Mario Brothers. So, no, I like this. I like this. I think it's cool. And plus, it doesn't like some of these. So, and obviously, some people have a lot of time to do some of these achievements that might take forever in these games. Uh, it sounds like for the most part, this this might be some smaller things that will be easier to accomplish for people, too. So that's why I like it personally. I'd be like, oh, I don't have to do something that's going to take me 87 hours. Maybe I could do something that would take me an hour, two hours maybe. You know? Sure. Are there some achievements that are just like that or just like impossible to get? I mean, there, there's always tiers to achievements. Sure. There's the much longer ones and then there's, you know, small little ones. I, I see Nintendo as a company not wanting people to grind like that. They want more. Why wouldn't you? Why would you think Nintendo wouldn't want people to get more out of the game? Because they want you to play as many as many games as possible, and so they can get more of your, your cash. Probably, I don't know about that. Okay, it seems we'll like see. A stupid thing to not just add on at this point. Well, they they didn't. They went for the, they went for the missions instead. Plus, Nintendo doesn't like to follow the crowd anyway. You know, dude, it's a simple thing they can add that would make a lot of people happy. We don't need to make excuses for Nintendo. I don't make excuses. They don't follow the crowd. Why would they do something that Sony and Microsoft lead into? Because at this point, it's just something that everything that's video game related does. It Steam does it. Epic Game Store does it. It's 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 not a it's not an indicator anymore of 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 of, of hardcore gamers. This is just something that's become part of video games, and it's another example where Nintendo is 
stubbornly slow to catch up. It's not going to change the Nintendo experience. I don't think the, I don't think there's anything they're worried about with grinding. It's just Nintendo being dumb. All right. Okay. I, I never I never got into achievements. Um, so I guess if they did add achievements, then will they automatically would be unlocked or mission rewards? Will the mission rewards automatically be unlocked if you already did it? That's a question. I'm curious about if I go on like if I already played like Super Mario Brothers, will I automatically get that or I have to redo it? Uh, that I don't know. Oh, that I'm not certain. Oh, hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. So, a little bit of news in Amico land. Oh. As of last night, and it looks like... Looks like things have maybe escalated a little bit. Um, we got this coming in at 10.59. So uh, as of yesterday, the start engine campaign for the Intellivision Amico was shut down early. Uh, the fourth crowdfunding the campaign. The fourth crowdfunding campaign was shut down uh, early um, with $58,000 raised. Uh, they were saying that the minimum the minimum offering was 10K, which means that at 10K they would get the money um but even in their sec filing i think they were saying they were hoping to get at least at least like a hundred thousand i think was the mit that was like the lowest amount of money they had done the math for to like see how long it would make them last does that make sense like yeah sure they're like okay if we only get a hundred they really want five million but yeah they really but if we only get a hundred we can do you know two months well they didn't even hit that and I guess they decided it would be worse to try to keep it open because there's been nothing. This is, what, three weeks of this campaign, and there's been nothing the past, like, week and a half, it seems like. Uh, like nothing. Right. Um, I think, uh, like, it was maybe a I, – I, I know I saw a couple – maybe that was even last week. A couple more, like, of the uh, investments that show up and then get pulled back, like the 2000 – there was, like, sure. a $2,700 investment that kept yeah. going in and out I think they got to, out. I think they got to 60 was the highest. Yeah, they got that. to 60 at one point, yeah. and then they dropped back down to 58. I mean, it's still it's still a tragedy that there's 58,000 more dollars lost, but hey, maybe some were, maybe some of this was uh, insiders uh, basically pumping it up because you don't know, because right. you don't see the amounts. But when they... Oh, okay, so basically, this happened on the, the, this happened on the 28th. Um, Phil Adam said in a previous interview that he would be... Uh, he was committed to an announcement by the 28th. By the end of February. By the end of February. Um, maybe, maybe maybe it'll be the first or something, I think he said. He was trying to give himself leeway room, but he, he did say at one point he was committed to his, saying something on the 28th. To, a, to like a, a, a launch date update. Not saying yeah. it was going to come out, but like here's an update of where we're at. Right. Um, that didn't happen, obviously. That didn't happen, but this <laughs> but this did, which I feel like says a lot. Now, after this was announced... There was some speculation on the internet. Well, okay, this means one of two things. They re- they realize that this is not going anywhere, and it's done. Done. Um, they're going to make a dash. They're going to make one last weird attempt at this, and they need that money now. So they're closing it early. But what would the fifty eight thousand really do? Doesn't do anything, right? Or um, 
they found, and this is just as unlikely, they found some sort of additional investment that was so great that they didn't need this. No. So obviously, I think everyone assumed that it was bad. Well, we are getting this. Uh, This was sent to us via Twitter um, from uh, at Jock Cartier. I don't know who this person is, but this person says, looks like the dead enders have got the news and are trying to spin for one last time while taps play softly in the distance. This is interesting. Oh, I didn't see this. Is that, so, is it from Reddit? This is this is new. This is for yeah, someone just sent me this link on Twitter. I'm not going to say the names. However, someone who has been Cultus? A, 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 sure. I I, I hate hey, these stupid. Ian, fuck you. That guy? Oh. Sure. Um if the Amico doesn't come out, the ride was worth it. Made a ton of awesome friends I'll have for a lifetime that's better than any video game console in an already crowded market with tons of options. Thankfully, me and my youngest have been enjoying the Evercade verse. Someone else followed up, who I will not mention. I've met a lot of good people through this whole thing, and all bound by a love of gaming. I'm grateful for that. That, to me, sounds like people who are wrapping it up, and this is the kind of talk that is coming from the people who have the... who have in the past, received inside knowledge from Tommy. The people that consider themselves friends of Tommy Tallarico. And have had things like the SEC filing run by them days before it goes live. You have the fucking balls to say fuck you to us when your little ride was on the backs of tons of pre-order money, people losing their money, and people taking advantage of for their, for their fucking Republican investments and this, they aren't going to see a fucking dime. Yeah, the ride was worth it. Tell that to, the, to fucking Holly and her dogs that invested $1,000 and got taken for a ride. How dare you? Yeah, fucking idiots. This is all just fun and games. Oh, the ride was worth it. Yeah, because you put no fucking money into it. Yeah, you had, you had no skin in it other than your useless YouTube career. Anyways, I don't want to... I- I have avoided, the fucking balls of these people. I have avoided almost the entire time saying anything about them, and I'm going to continue to until I feel like maybe we have our last final episode coming up. Sure. I'm going to save a lot of the words I have. However, back to what I was saying. Last episode about the Mika or last in general? Well, our, 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 <laughs> when, 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 when it's time. And that yeah. may, at this rate, yeah. with this acceleration, that may be next week. We'll see. Sure. However, um, the reason this is important is because, as I said, these are the people who have had the inside knowledge. Got to get that insider intro sure. from Tommy in the past. Um, and other important things like the SEC filing, they got the heads up on. This, to me, is talk from people that sounds like they They're have defeated. finally realized the writing is on the wall. They're defeated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go go tell Holly that the ride was worth it out of her $1,000. Or it's people that are out of 5000 or $10,000. Go tell them that it was worth it and see if they agree with you. I doubt they. I doubt they. They would agree that the ride was worth it. Fucking balls. That's unbelievable. These people. I can't believe people like this. That are, and so much whatever. of this I, was not, all. It was attempt, transparent. It was, it was all an attempt to own us too. Yeah, I know. Oh, part. Uh, yeah. I still. I'm not going to yeah. forgive anyone who actively decided no. to like this because, like, no. I, I brought it up last uh, time. But I am going to say that anyone who actively decided to like the Amico because uh, they didn't like us, you're a fucking tool. Yeah, I'm not going to forgive. Uh, you know, people that call literally called us frauds in multiple videos. They're now trying to do the redemption tour. Yeah, I'm not. They're never forgiven. It makes you actually makes them more gutless uh, to me or the people they associate with. They're not forgiven. Because people have lost a lot of money with this. And that's not going to be for this, this was There's going to be a documentary made on this. I'm not saying I'm going to produce it. I can guarantee you a documentary will be made when, when the dust settles on this, on this disaster. 
Uh, let's look to some of the comments on Start Engine at the bottom here. Uh, people bringing up points. Uh, 21 hours ago, Frank J., uh, not my Frank, said, just check your website, FAQ, and it reads this. We are currently targeting the release of Amico for the first quarter of 2022. They ask, are you, in fact, still targeting a Q1 release? If so, then why have you not confirmed this and information? Where is this, where is this coming from? The start engine comments below. Oh, okay. Uh, if not, then why have you not updated your website, FAQ section, so close to the target release date? They never updated shit in the past. We always said that when they when they said their delay was happening in October 2020, they, they said it late, late August. They knew it wasn't coming out in April. They knew it wasn't coming out. And right. just and just pull people along. Well, they don't ever change uh, like uh, the the uh, release date for the Amico. Uh, it took like three months for it to get changed on the official Reddit. It's ridiculous. Uh, either way, uh, Frank says either way, this seems to be very questionable ethical business practices, and that is coming from a current investor from previous crowdfunding rounds and backer from the very beginning. So I'm sorry, Frank. M- maybe you can talk to the cultists, and, and it's worth it to them. Maybe it's worth it to you. Uh, giving this, you know, basically putting in this money so they can uh, try to hang on to a worthless YouTube career. Um, how long do you think you can keep up this continued campaign of misinformation? Now is the time for Intellivision to come clean with your fans and investors. No more deception will be tolerated. They're just going to disappear, Frank. File for bankruptcy and disappear into the night, probably. That's what this is leading towards. And then uh, David said both the CEO and CFO slash CEO promise an update by the end of February, and yet all we get is more silence. Uh, Frank followed up. Uh, I have very little free time due to my business taking up so much of my energy, but I do follow the goings-ons of Intellivision just enough to get an understanding of the situation since I'm an investor from the beginning. I've had no choice but to search irrelevant YouTubers for information surrounding my investment. That could include us uh, in, in Intellivision, which I'm is not, so, I'm not particularly yeah. relevant. I mean, I, but the, I had to search Intellivision. I had to search search irrelevant YouTubers for information surrounding my investment in Intellivision, which is so insulting to me. How a legitimate company can, can conduct business in this way. It seems that these very insignificant small groups of YouTubers from a market that is not even supposed to be a, a target market Boom. on television gets regular information that us prior investors do not get. I am so overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly appalled by how this company has treated investors in the past few years with constant misinformation coming from every angle. Intellivision has not sent any meaningful information regarding their official launch of this product in a very long time, which leaves me confused and thinking that I made a very poor decision by being fooled into investing. If we as current investors cannot trust the company that we invested in, how can they possibly expect new people to invest in a company that prefers the company of ambiguous YouTubers over releasing official information of Intellivision's own YouTube versus releasing information on Intellivision's own YouTube platform. Bravo. I mean, how it's like I, I almost typed that basically because I, I, I basically we said that the similar things like how can you trust the company? They're, it's run like a fucking clown show. I'm yeah. sorry, we're going to say you. I don't remember. It's fine. And then Frank, again, talking about why you respond to haters, but not people asking legitimate questions about this. And uh, um, Prairie Dog Hunter is nowhere to be seen anymore on the the comments. I just, I I still can't get over a fucking CFO using the term haters. Like, it it got into his head. His head, I mean, his head is spoiled. (laughs) Well, it just shows you that just because someone puts that on a business uh, suit or puts it on a a nice shirt and a tie, pretends to call themselves CFO, doesn't mean they, they, they always act professionally. It doesn't always mean they have the best judgment. doesn't mean they should be involved with the company. I mean, most of the time, I think. 
Well, I mean, like that's doesn't mean a, doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, I feel b- bad for Frank here. I feel bad for Holly. Uh, what I don't feel bad for is the people that oh, it was worth the ride. Yeah, that the fucking balls. I I mean, these are scumbags. That's, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, no, absolutely. People have lost money, and and you're gleeful about it. You're, you're oh, sorry. The video there. I was yeah pulling up an Amico video, trying to look for something, but whatever. My bad. Yeah, worth the fucking ride. All right, anything else before we go into a main topic? That could have been a topic again. I, I, I'm sorry. I get, I get the ire gets raised when I see that. Shit. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't see that tweet until you pointed it out. Yeah, no. I'm glad I checked uh, because I think that that really that that to me feels like a. Were those tweets taken down? Is that why they're a screencast or just in case? No, I think it's just in case. I think it's just updating the news. Um, As someone in the comments wrote, said, if they're making these comments, they've already been briefed. Tommy broke the bad news and they're doing one final spin. Remember, these people get the news before we do. Uh, yeah, no, I was just, so I was checking the YouTube page just because I had read uh, that basically like the, uh, the moderation at the, uh, at Zadok Pate, you piece of shit. Um, he basically abandoned the Amico. Oh, he tried forum. to, sl- I think he tried to slander me on Reddit. Oh, he tried to slander both of us on Reddit. He's yeah. told a number of lies about me because he just likes to back the wrong fucking team constantly. Is he the one who said I was racist against Italian Americans? I have no idea, but I, I, his entire life is like an epi- is like the episode of Tom and Jerry where you're just walking or a cartoon where you're walking around and you just keep stepping on fucking rakes and they hit yeah. you in your face. Maybe, so maybe I'll apologize to you for a second no, or third I, time. I, I, you can take that apology <laughs> and shove it up your fucking ass. I usually I, don't get personal, but you have really pissed me off so Fuck yourself. We got time for this, Ian. Yeah, we do. We're not doing the we're not doing the we're not doing the victory laps yet. That that's still to come. You enormous hunk of steaming fucking feces. Um. Anyways, uh, back back to the podcast. Uh, television amico. Uh, even the YouTube page, like, there's no moderation anymore. That's what I was basically looking at. Like, it's even all YouTube, just on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, no moderation. Official subreddit, no moderation. There's just and, nothing. And Tommy's uh, getting ready for his April Air Guitar session at Video Games Live in Tacoma, Washington. Interesting to see how that turns out for him. Time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process so you can spend less time with the post office and more time making your customers happy. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And you can get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Whether you're an office sending invoices, side hustle, Etsy shop or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, stamps.com will make your life easier. I've personally used stamps.com now for about 10 years. I've shipped out DVDs, I've shipped out pins, I've shipped out books, shipped out video games, everything. It makes my life so much easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment required. You're up and running in minutes. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code CU Podcast for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CU Podcast. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right, Ian. Yeah. 
Uh, we were at uh, we had a great time at the SoCal Gaming Expo this past weekend. We did. It was a wonder wondrous time. It was good. It was good to be next to Ian, rubbing elbows with, with the folks out there, rubbing elbows, getting down in, into the the nitty gritty. Ian selling his cute little little popsicle little uh, phone. What are they called? Phone charms. Little phone charms. Little girl. Little like four year old girl. It's got always one. a four year old girl who loves my phone charms. They're adorable. <laughs> They're little pops. I don't, I don't even know how to attach it to my because, phone. Well, that's still. the problem. You can't attach charms to anything anymore. How's this a cute so, attached like, to a phone? How do you attach? I them? finally got these cute little phone charms made, and like I can't fucking put them on anything. How did you used to attach them? There was like a there little. There was like there was on the corner of old phones. There was always like a little. It's like a little bar with like an in like. Okay. Basically, you a little can, hole. You like loop it in. Yeah, a little hole and then a hole, and you could loop the charm in and they, hang it. They off. ruined the charm industry. They did. Android and Apple, and it's uh, just because you know I, I, maybe there's an Android that lets you put charms on there, but I know Apple has got you know they're like mm, bruh, bruh. you can't do. That's the noise they make when they're like bruh, you can't. Oh, anyway, so Ian was selling that. We we were yeah. we were slinging books and shirts and enamel pins and and, and um. Ian had a chance to shop. It was Ian's first convention in two and a half years, so. Pre-pandemic versus post, I, I loved it to hear Ian's reaction to not just what he saw, but the prices of things walking around and, and how he how it sort of jolted his system, perhaps. So obviously, I, I still worked at Luna well into the the pandemic. Two locations, uh, two locations, San Diego, great folks, um, and so I saw a lot of the price flux. I mean, I, I I saw what COVID did to the video game market, and I saw what COVID did to pricing. However, you know. Luna has a pretty good stock. Nothing is going to give you a complete picture outside of like just pouring over price charting, I guess. Sure. Nothing is going to give you a complete picture like going to a convention and walking around, um, you know, a show floor that is just jam packed full of people selling games for every system. Yes. So, for instance, while I knew Saturn prices were crazy, um, you know, people are holding on to that stuff. So, Luna, I maybe only saw a few games come in every couple of months months here i could walk to any number of booths and see boxes of saturn games and see what they were suddenly going for you sure. got a much more complete and thorough picture of um of the pricing so yeah i mean <laughs> what, what do i say retro game pricing is is whew, wow even more than what you expected yeah um so you know it was funny to see because I, I did walk. There was a couple of instances where that wasn't necessarily the case, but I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, Saturn stuff. Numero uno. Vani's favorite. Definitely we're going to be looking at some Saturn stuff. Man, there are just like... I. The amount of games that are under $100 for that system now? There's like none. There's like it's, not, it's, it's down to like Madden 98. <laughs> like Ace of Madden 96. Or like something really, really common like like uh, uh, like Fighting Vipers. You know, you, uh, like a, a, a fighting game that's fun. It's a non-sports game. But like they really did just produce the ever-loving shit out of that one. Well, that's still so, not cheap. No, it's not cheap. It's like 50 bucks. <laughs> so... Um, Vani and I are looking at the, the 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 Saturn games, and she goes because she loves to buy like on the Saturn specifically, and I don't know why. She loves to buy the like licensed games, like the shitty movie games and stuff like that. She has like the Jurassic Park Lost World game. Uh, the game that her and I always talk about is the Congo game that was exclusive for the Sega Saturn. Oh, that's right. You told me about We'd that. We love to play the that weird like, Congo game. Yeah, and it's awful. Multi genre game. No, no, it's 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 a first person oh, it's shooter. Not the multi genre. No, okay. it's a first person shooter. Okay, um, but it's awful. Uh, 
So she was looking at a copy of Casper. There's a Casper the Friendly Ghost game. She goes, oh! She was just... For Saturn? Yeah, based on the movie. And it was just the other day she's been, like, going through her her comics and, like, um, re-inventorying them. And she had just gotten to, like, her Casper section. She's like, I like Casper. So, like, it was just one of those things where, like, it was on her mind and she saw it. She was like, I think this is going to be the one that... $120. $120. Okay. <laughs> 120 for a Casper movie game. Wow. And like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really like do the eBay look. You know, I let Ivani's shopping. I let her do her pricing. I don't know if that's like out of the, the norm, if that's insane. But if it's $120, even if someone's overpricing it by 50 that means it should be at 70 Like, Yeah. Like you're, you're always going to expect some sort of premium on here, but like when you hear that, provided they're uh, not just like completely taking the piss, right? Even if they yeah, overcharged uh, by a shitload, it would still be seventy. Our, our pal Yoshi tweeted out on uh, yesterday. Not sure I can afford this hobby anymore. LOL. With a picture of complete in box games. Um, Someone's trying to uh, get like a hundred and twelve in that picture for a Dragon Warrior or something. Uh, uh, for Super Nintendo. There's two hundred dollars for Super Mario Bros. Three complete in box. Two hundred dollars. That used to be thirty dollars. Uh, honestly, I, I, thirty to forty for a complete in box Super Mario. That used to be thirty dollars a few years ago. Star Fox complete in box. Ian, that was probably what twenty five, thirty bucks a few years back. Maybe forty. One hundred and fifty dollars. Um, Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders, Ian. Is that four hundred dollars? Is that? Is that is it, I see a four. Is that 400, four hundred? Oh, I'm sorry, Ian. I was wrong. Four fifty for Sunset Riders. Um, Des- even Desert Strike. Common ass fifty dollars complete in box for Desert Strike. And I'm not. I'm not going after the, the vendors. They got to make their money. But we're just telling no, you I, how I, much I, different this is from even 2019. Like two. Like a little over. Two, well, I say two years ago. Two years ago, before the pandemic, these prices would be more than half or excuse me less well, than half I mean, of these, and i do think some, of, some of that is convention convention tax because i am looking you can get a star fox complete box buy it now right now for 90 dollars. that's still nuts to me though, it versus, is because that's one of the most common super it Nintendo is. games but uh, I, I i i do want to make it clear that i'm not there are certain vendors that i could always there's always a couple sure. of vendors where you're sure. like okay this is beyond the Beyond, beyond the, the pale. pale. Yeah. yeah. But not uh, yeah. most of the vendors, I, I get it. Like, especially right now, you are in a really weird market and you got to try to get what you can for it because it's not coming yeah. to you cheaply either. The, the problem is, it's, it's a, I mean, you want to say an, a, a fresh new bubble. Um, I think it definitely is. Um, and I, I, I sold, I sold uh, a decent amount of stuff. I sold, like, I had a Famicom uh, set complete, uh, not in the box with like six games. I think I, I sold it for 90. I got there. It's probably worth about 130, 140, but I was marking things about 70%, 60% just to move them, or 70% just to move them. And I sold almost all my box stuff. And I was like, well, I usually sell a lot of it. It wasn't like dirt cheap, but like, for example, let me give you one example and I'll tell you why I sold this stuff. It was a result of other stuff being priced to the moon around me. Yes. No, that's why. So I I took uh, some slightly more expensive Vita games and some doubles I had of Game Boy games. And other than like two really expensive games, and I actually sold one game that was in between the price of those two. So it wasn't just like people had a cap. I sold everything within about three hours. 
the guy who was down the hall, I, I think his name was Brandon, and his his uh, his partner was Daphne or Denise. I wish I could remember. Uh-huh. They were really nice, but they were the ones selling the um, the PC Engine Turbo stuff. I want to make he. I walked up there. I'm like, man, you got some good prices on these. And he's like, well, I do have everything priced to move. He's like, I really don't want to be here forever. Sure. He had multiple multiple games for the PC Engine and Turbo Graphics that were in the $100, $150, $200 category. They still sold? He didn't even come back the second day he sold so much of his shit uh, the first day. So I think almost everything. So I had I I feel bad selling some of this stuff, but I can oh this is how I'm getting over. Okay, this is what I this is what I sold some of it. because um, I took a picture of it. I should have sent it to you. Uh, I, I I can I can text you a bit real quick so, so you can see like what was on my shelf here. I'll text it to you right now. For example, the Killer Instinct uh, Super Nintendo set. Complete. Had the Killer Cut CD. I think I put 175 on it because online uh, it was going for 200 uh, about from the sold ones on a lot. Uh, I sold it. I sold it by, I think, right after, right after we got out of our panel, like one on Saturday. I sold that set. Didn't even get a counter. I walked two rows down. Someone had uh, 500 on that. Right. On that set. And, and the box was in worse shape than mine. And I sold it for one set. So the mentality of seeing, wow, look at these prices. I'm getting a good deal to them. Be- Online, they might be able to get it for the same amount. They're saving on shipping. But for someone to price something that I had more than double what I had, when I was like, okay, this is reasonable, it just was mind-boggling to me. Let me, let me, uh, let me send you this so you can see. I just sent that to you. Um, I sold the Sega Genesis Model 3 in the box for 75 um, I, I think it goes for a little bit more, but that much. But then I sold my two, uh, I sold my action set. I had, this is how you know past starting the sale of 2022, you know, the action set. I sold that action set, Ian, complete. I think I sold it for like 175 or 200 somewhere in that range. I can't see. Um, that set was like $400 elsewhere. Just a plain old action set. Oh yeah, one of the most, probably the most, com- one of the most common NES sets. I sold the control deck set. I believe it was like one thirty in the box. The control deck set, and I didn't price that one, but I, I can imagine that being like two to two fifty elsewhere on the convention floor. Um, I sold the um, Atomic Purple N sixty four console set. There was no Atomic Purple controller inside. I told them that I sold it for like two hundred dollars. I believe I saw that for three fifty elsewhere. So I was pricing stuff. You want to say I was I was I was, I was dumb, but I, I wanted to get rid of obviously, and not most of it was cash. But like, I think we're going to get to a point again where people are going to be quickly priced out again. Oh sure. I think if if I'm selling this stuff that I think is reasonable, uh, one seventy five. Someone's trying to get four to five hundred for the same sort of console. I think at some point you're going you're going to have to see the bubble sort of compress. Well, in a, in a, you're going to have to in a mass market, <clears throat> you can. You can do high price collectibles and things, but it's going to be a small group. Um, yeah, at some point, and I, like I said, I understand vendors selling, but at some point in this crazy climb, the, the COVID bubble, someone's going to be left holding the bag. Yes. You're either going to have a collection that is not worth nearly as much as you paid for it, or you're never going to be able to get rid of the shit at the price that you want to. One of those two people, one of those two things is going to happen from a collector or a, a shop standpoint. And um, yeah, I mean, at some point, people will just say no. Yeah. No, I can't. And then some might... Like, absolutely not. I, I can't. I just priced games I had in the garage. Like, I had, like, a Kid Icarus on Game Boy. Um, I, I think I sold it for 20 bucks. I think it's worth, like, 30 to 35 And actually, one of the Score Chasers guys, the guy that won Dr. Mario, he bought that. The stuff 
most of my stuff moved by Saturday. Ian's too, but like most of my stuff was gone. I had the whole side table. It was almost nothing you saw by Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I had nothing. I even sold I even sold my sealed DS. I had a sealed like uh, uh Showtime boxing I sold for three dollars and like uh was it silly bands I sold for five bucks. People were just buying stuff they thought was reasonable. I sold all you sold all your French Atari stuff just about. I sold all the Atari computer games. I just they're in a garage in a box. I sold all of them. Oh yeah. My friend um, had a, a box of Atari stuff that I got sent up with. Um and that all moved. One dude like and it was interesting Atari stuff. It was definitely less common stuff. There was some double enders and some of the weird third party games. And uh one guy just went nuts for it. Um, yeah, I went up with like 20 games and a stack of 12 or maybe 15 of the Yokoi Kids annual mm-hmm. and came back with two games and three copies left of the Yokoi Kids annual. So like everything was just people were interested in anything that people had. Do you regret anything you sold? Or you're, you're OK selling stuff. Like, I, uh, I regret selling that, that. I sold the Atari uh, video pinball for like 50 bucks in the box. I already regret that because that's so kitschy and cool that I, at some point I might get that again. Uh, one of the games that I was kind of on the fence about selling was Strider 2, which was also the most expensive game I took. I didn't know weekend. that was a thing. Um, and the great thing about Strider that 2... Was PlayStation? And the great thing about it is, is it comes with Strider 1. Uh, it comes with an arcade perfect port of Strider 1. So um, it's a great double package, and Strider 2 has never been re-released anywhere, to my knowledge. So that one I kind of didn't want to get rid of. And so I wasn't super sad to come back with it. Most importantly, I sold the uh, DDP uh, electronic game where it's literally DDP's body and you're holding him by the crotch where the buttons are. Mm, yeah. 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 Let me send you that picture. I even sold stuff like it was only 10 bucks, like the uncommon uh, EA PlayStation gamepad, the blue one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see it too often. I sold it to, to a young kid at my like 13, 14 feet with his mom. I sold it for like 10 bucks on Sunday. It's like people were buying people were buying things, Ian. That I had brought out before to SoCal Gaming Expo years past that no one ever touched. That was weird to me. It was like they didn't touch this three years ago or four years ago. Well, sure, and it it makes me think, you know, I I do think there was a really good selection of stuff presented there this time. Like just very, very like. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Um, A very broad selection. But I also think it was just for a lot of people, this is their first convention back. And I wonder if even for me, a lot of like me. You know, am I over pumping it, or was I just happy to be able to walk around tables and see stuff? Sure, and maybe you bought more than you. And would, I did. Would have. Yeah, I, I've Q billion. One of the Game Boy games that I bought. Uh, I it's some weird puzzle game. It has an interesting sticker, like the font's interesting, and it's got mice on it. Uh-huh. And every single time it's coming to Luna, I've looked it up and gone, "This doesn't look like any fun," and I've never bought it. And I bought it at SoCal Gaming Convention because I was like, you know what? It's the right price. And uh, I guess this is the time I'm going to try it. So, yes, I did. I did buy more than I would have, yeah. I think, um, if I was going to these all the time. Like I said, the end of 2019, which was a pretty solid run of conventions for me over two years, I, I picked up literally one thing in Long Island and maybe two things in Portland. I sold. And I probably bought six or seven things at this convention. With the exception of one of the sealed DS games and I think Hardball 95 from Genesis, no one even asked about it. I sold. All of the individual retro games I had, I, I brought. Did you uh, end up selling the the leftover PC Engine? Yeah, they all went. Oh, they did. Okay. Oh, yeah. I sold the Mahjong. I sold. Well, um, they were. I saw. I thought I was seeing sports games until the end of the Sunday. Uh, J League, Winning Shot, the golf game, um, the Fire Pro. I sold again. Those are ones I remember bringing out. No one touched them. Uh, there, they're not heavy hitters. Like I got between like five and ten for most of them. 
But even um, I, I brought two Super Nintendo games, Super Mario 2 and Equinox. They sold like immediately uh, to the same person who got my Harvest Moon, which I priced probably half of what the other people were selling it for. And uh, things were just moving. Things were just moving the whole weekend. And even uh, I had some beat up NES games that were sun faded from the uh, from the uh, swap meet that I picked up here and there for like a buck. There was like a, there was like a, a, a duck hunt with like almost the entire label gone. I was thought it was literally like the middle of the label and that's it. Sold it for like two bucks. You know, oh like yeah, that. I remember that one. So like that all almost all that stuff gone was gone. Some just people just want to buy stuff. Yep. So it's a combination of people want to buy stuff. I think we had good. Obviously, we always priced our stuff pretty good. Uh, I don't think resellers bought our stuff this time. I, th- I think that, that was, unlike the other ones that passed the PRG, we weren't like cleaned out early. On uh, at least on Friday night, I didn't see that happening. You no, know, I didn't think that was happening. Or, or and also, Friday. I knew most of the at this point, I knew most of the resellers there by by face. At least by face, so you know them. They, they weren't going to do that right uh, there. But um, yeah, I've been t- uh, sold uh, to our new pal uh, Chris the Atari XC I had in the box. Had that forever from Jersey. Good old Chris. I love seeing Chris. He's called him Little Chris. It's not little. I said good old Chris. Is it Ludacris or Little Chris? No, good old Chris. He is not a little man. He is very tall. Ju- I'll call him Judo Chris. Judo Chris. Judo expert. Yeah. This, you think he's got like a switch on his back? He can flip to make him grip. He's got the, the grip. Oh, think? that's Kung, Kung Fu, Fu grip. Kung Fu grip. Kung Fu grip. Kung Fu grip. Sorry. <laughs> Close. That was that was a GI Joe. Well, I know. Kid. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm saying Those he could hands. he could he could introduce. Oh, he probably, yeah, he's got a firm grip. grip. Probably absolutely can do that. All right. Well, the next one uh, I'm going to be at, I believe. I, I shouldn't say until I'm officially, officially, officially booked. But it's going to be probably end of April, I think. I'm interested to see it now how it is different parts of the country this year, in terms of, of the buying patterns mm-hmm. and prices. That's always interesting to see that. But uh, you know, I think uh, I think for at least this year, until we're like knock on wood out of the pandemic, which hopefully happens by the end of the year. But I'm going to keep knocking on wood. Uh, I, I think. We'll see the prices stay here, but I think they're going to dip after that point. They're going to have to. I can't see the prices staying this high and stuff. I just can't. All right. Moving on. Uh, Ian, we have a uh, patreon.com slash CU podcast. Just make sure you go and put down a little money, a little money, a little cabbage. Um, Jesus Christ, Ian. Yeah. So give us the money and get your full video podcast. Yeah, that works as a marketing uh, ploy. Give us our money. Uh, Full video podcast. Get get a writing once a week. Your full video podcast, the writing, uh, poll topics, which we're getting to, hangouts. Uh Hangouts, you get hangouts, and you get bonus Bonus bites. Bonus bites. Bonus bits. Uh, We finally named the uh, bonus podcast at Extra Napkins. Extra portions. Took us so long to come up with a good name for it. Anyway, glad, glad you, you pumped the other uh, Patreon boring yeah, ours. Absolutely, um, great working double time. You've talked um, a lot about your podcasts. My podcast? What other podcast? <laughs> All ten of them you do. Okay, Ian. In second place on the Patreon poll, what's so great about '80s commercials and streaming them? Only twenty-five percent, and seventy-five percent retro gaming stuff that we have lost in regret, or is it just lost? Lost. Lost. Lost to the sands of time, maybe stolen, maybe forgotten about, maybe borrowed, not given back, Ian. Uh, Yeah, the worst example of that for me um, was my original Genesis collection. Um, How big of a collection? I I mean, it was like, you know, from when I was a kid, so it was a lot. Big, big. No. Uh, It was probably like 
I'd say probably 30 to 40 games complete in their box. Uh-huh. My Genesis, two controllers. And I had gotten really into playing it a lot again. And I lent it to a friend of mine in high school who was going through uh, some shit. Okay. Um, and, like, he was uh, moving back in with his dad. And um, so I just, I lent him my, my Genesis. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I was heavily playing NES at the time. I was jumping in between systems. I was like, I don't need this. Take this. And I remember the bag. I remember how I packed it up. And I gave it to him. And that was the last time I, I can actually say I had my hands on it. I swear, and, and this is the main thing I want to point out, I don't think my friend did me dirty. But okay. I, but I also, I also don't know if it's one of those things where like I just created a memory, because I swear he gave it back to me. Swear to God, how old are you again? I was in high school. High school. Okay. And I, I seem to remember the conversation even being like, "Hey, thanks. I didn't really get around to playing this." And like a couple months later, a few months later, he gave me it back. And what I remember was it being in the exact same bag that I had packed everything up in. Everything was still nice and neat in there. Like, basically, he had taken it, didn't use it, it was like, hey, thanks, I'm just, but, like, shit's too hectic right now, and gave it back to me. So I remember getting it back the exact way that I lost it. And I have never seen it again. I, I've torn that house up and down. Anywhere it could be in that house, it would have been discovered at this point. And I just, I have no idea whatever happened to it. And, um, yeah, I don't know, it just sucked. I had a lot of really good Genesis <laughs> <laughs> just from being into like shooters and stuff at the time that I, you know, ended up losing uh, stuff that's not, you know, entirely impossible to get back, but stuff that was, you know, fairly expensive. Like uh, that can be more expensive now, like Granada and um, what they called on the Genesis Airbuster. Okay. Air fighters. So I didn't have like I didn't have like a Musha or anything like that, but I had like Streets of Rage one through three, which right now a couple hundred bucks worth of games, maybe. Yeah, a few hundred bucks worth of games. I mean, at the time, honestly, I probably could have gone to the flea market and rebought everything for two fifty. You know, okay, at two fifty then. So now it's a lot more. Okay. Oh yeah, so it'd be a lot more now. Um, but yeah, no, that's probably like the one time I, I I lost. I, I I truly like lost something video game well, related and have have regretted it, especially because like I can't I can't in good conscience be like my dumb friend because I swear to God that my friend returned it to me. Where did where, you put it? I have no fucking clue. None. Did you did you did you, did you like do something while on a, while on a, while on a high school acid trip? You like do something weird with it? Buried it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't no. know. Uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Didn't trade it in for anything. No. No. I just I have no clue. Trade it for for what was what was the, what was the story? Who said they? Traded? And there is always a, the opportunity. There is always the chance that maybe he didn't give it back to me, and I'm just remembering it wrong. And it wasn't malicious. Like that, I liked that dude, but like his he had a weird life. Like he probably just up and moved. You know, he could have up and moved. But yeah, you don't want to call him. Like, hey, listen, did you really give those back to me when I was 16 years old? Yeah, don't know. What about you? Um, well, I've been I tore my place apart. I think I told you a week and a half ago. I, I have the um, I have the complete in box. I have the Vectrex 3D imager, the 3D headset. And when I got it, it had the there's two 3D wheels. There's one for uh, the, the the coaster game and the other game. There's only three games of the imager, and the one that came with yeah. it was 3D Mindstorm. It has its own wheel. When I got that, I don't know where I bought. It, I forget it. I got a good deal on it though. The 3D wheel in it was for the other two games, which I don't own. 
So I did not have the one that came with it. I, I, I spent years looking on eBay for just someone selling the wheel. And I finally got it for like 60 bucks, 50 bucks. And I had it, and I put it in a little CD, like white sleeve, you know, paper sleeve. And I had it next to my computer for like the last three years. Until I looked, and it was not there a couple of weeks ago. So now it was like, you know, I get when I lose things, I go nuts because it's never off my mind. No, I, I do too. If I, I lose nuts. like a, if I lose a game in like my collection, I lost a game in my PC Engine you collection, about that. You and I, I yeah. didn't buy games for the PC Engine for like two and a half years until oh. I found a disc only copy of that and fixed okay. the wrong. I don't go that crazy. But uh, I, I was still I was nuts. Okay, about that. so. I have that disc because I, I bought on eBay specifically to pair. And the problem was I didn't know where in my garage the 3D imager was in a box in my garage. So like it was never put together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. I don't know where the, the 3D disc is right now. I, I own it. I don't think I threw it out, but I don't know where it is. And it, it might be within five feet of me. I just don't know where it is. I have to do like sort of pat logic in my head. Okay, where would I have put the disc? As a pl- as a safe holding spot, before you say, "Hey Pat, you put it with your Vectrex games," I didn't. I was like, "Cause I didn't. I put it somewhere else, which doesn't make any sense." So that is the the latest one that's bothering me. Outside of that, though, I've told the story before when I did the move from Jersey, and I had um, it was a it was a seedy, seedy fucking moving company from Bayonne that did it. Um, that tried to took they, they got me for a little more money, but I kind of expected that. I read stories like oh, they're going to say it weighs more in the thing and charge you more by the weight. So whatever, they got an extra five hundred dollars out of me. Whatever, I still save versus you know United Movers, the big conglomerate one. So everything arrived pretty well. There's some scratches on my uh, the living room ch- ch- table. I just had you know the glass one. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for one box, one box, and I and I had a list of the boxes. I had a list of boxes. Okay. The one box that didn't arrive, a smaller box that was on, I could have threw it in my fucking car. Looking back, I could have put it in my car when my car was transported across the U.S. I should have done that. The one box had my original plush DK and DK Juniors, the one that showed up in the early videos, the little claspy hand yeah. uh, one. Um, I, I could replace the other one. It took me years to find the clasp Donkey Kong Jr. replacement. And when I got it, it was like the colors were worn. It wasn't the same uh, colors anymore, the one I had, and it was in a lot worse shape. Pat took, t- took care of his DKs when he was a kid. Won those on the Jersey Shore. So if anyone out there has the Class B hands, DK Jr., in better condition than the one I have, let me know. So I lost that. I also, in that same box, this is a small box. Well, this is a small Whoa, box. Oh, buddy. Um, I had that PowerFest hat up there that you can find at Nintendo PowerFest hat, 94. Yeah. I also had, though, the Bomberman Duo uh, hat. Oh, the, the, that's right. The Turbo Duo hat. The one that is the, right. The cream-colored one. You ever, a, see a, yeah. you ever see a picture of that yeah. before? At the time, that was worth only, I think I bought it for 30 40 bucks. You can't find one, though. Then I used to see them uh, elsewhere. They were like 200 250 I never pulled the trigger. Looking back, I should have just got it to replace it. Never replaced it. It's like a cream-beige-colored hat. Bomberman is called, I think it's Bomberman Duo, the hat. I think it's what it's called. Um, or just Bomberman, whatever. So there was that in there, too. So that hasn't been replaced. Two things have been replaced, technically, because I never got the class behind DK that was the same quality of that. And then there's this. This might have bothered me the most, besides the losing my childhood plush things, because I, well, I got at least the one back immediately. The Nintendo Power cassette that came with Nintendo Serial. Nintendo Serial did, a, did a, about five, six giveaways. They did the, the mini bagatelles that were inside 
the packages. They did the hologram T-shirt you mailed away for that I still haven't bought because I'm not paying $1,000 for. I'm just not. This was a mail item, though. I, I centered a whole – I almost dropped it. I, had, I centered a whole NES Punk episode around this in the tape. I was the first, I'd say, to digitally preserve this in high quality. There's only a couple on YouTube uh, recordings, and this is high quality. Um, it has, like, I think Akari Warriors on here. It has Continue on Super Mario Brothers. And, of course, infamously, if you watch my video, the last code is um, Mike Tyson, except they did the code wrong. It's not the code. Oh, right. It's not yes, the code. Yes, yes, that's right. Like, the instructions are wrong. It's just not the code. There's about 15, 15 different, not even, not even 15 different codes on here. It's only, like, 15 minutes long. There's a cool little beat at the beginning. I lost this and went nuts uh, because, like, to me, it was like, oh, I'm, I want to preserve this stuff. And now I lost it because um, when I bought this at the time, it was, like, a weird, I think I saw it. Did I see this on eBay? Did I tell you how I bought this? Was this eBay a private deal? I think it was what, might have been eBay. eBay. I think it was eBay, honestly. I found it by accident on eBay. I didn't know it existed. And I never seen it or heard it. I never saw it in a convention ever. And, I, and I've been to, I want to say, 80 conventions. I have never seen this besides my own copy. So when I lost it, I went absolutely nuts. And I let it be known that I lost it. I think it might have been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I lost it. And then someone found it at a used, um, used music and uh, movie store in Minnesota. Said, hey, Pat, they have it here. I was like, okay, I'll give you money to buy it and ship to me. And I did that, and they shipped it. They helped me out. That's how I got it again. Otherwise, I, like I said, I had this, this on a, save, a saved uh, search. I think I still have it operational, and it never comes up on the saved search on eBay. Nintendo Power Cassette. Mm. It never comes up. So, yeah. That is, they might have they mailed out 20 of these to kids, like, like 100. Yeah, who fucking knows, like, right? The number is so small. But I'm so happy that I actually I, – I don't know if there was an actual cover you got with it or they just put this in a – put it in a mailer maybe and just sh- shipped it out. you know. So that's that's the big one to me. So, hey, if anyone has the little Class B mini D, uh, DK Jr., I think it's class onto like a pencil or like it's a class bond to like DK Jr.'s arm or whatever, please let me know. They're also originally – when they came out with that DK Plus, one of the versions had a cage with it too. I've never seen that on the boardwalk. I have never seen that in person. Mm. I actually had a little black cage. So if anyone has that stuff, let me know. I will. I will. Uh, I, I have a reward for that. Even if you find it, information leading to the acquiring of those items. Well, Ian drifts off in the distance and looks at uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie stuff. There. No Meredith Baxter no Bernie. <laughs> so yeah, that's about the stuff uh, that I lost. And um, I'm not as crazy as I was for for it in the past, but it, right. still, it still bothers me. Yeah. No. It's 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 always bad to lose something that you, that like you know it's around. It doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. It should be here. It's like a piece of your mind gone, basically, or like your mind's not your mind's not functioning because to this day you'll be asked like, "What happened to your PC Engine game?" I remember you going nice. So you asked me, "Hey Pat, what happened?" I was like, "I don't think you brought will, it over." I will still, uh, yeah, I still have no idea where it would be. PC Engine gnome's got it. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. Oh, we do. How do you do it? <laughs> you go to anchor.fm slash the podcast you go you click record and leave a message hopefully under 30 seconds help us out here and uh you know and uh ask us something and maybe a little humorous or not it's up to you don't don't leave two or three messages in a row i'm less likely to to, to sit through that and play that just do do your best shot if you got if you got an, an a idea leave the b one at home just give me your best shot on that that that's what i'll say there but they're all uh but they're all appreciated Hey guys, this is Simon from Slovakia. I have a question for Ian, but Pat, feel free to answer too. 
Ian, since you mentioned playing around with Nanowoop for Game Boy, what are some of your favorite Egyptian albums or artists? And is any of your stuff somewhere online, or is it just for you? Thanks. Um, I don't honestly know a whole lot of chiptune artists. Um, I just really enjoy playing with Nano Loop and LSDJ and the synthesizers and stuff. But is um, as <clears throat> uh, as far as uh, chiptune artists that I enjoy, I've always enjoyed Chipsel's work. Um, Chipsel. The soundtrack, the soundtracks she's done for various video games like Super Hexagon or especially Dicey Dungeons. The Dicey Dungeons soundtrack is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and my buddy who goes by uh, Ira Virus, uh, they're really good, too. I've always enjoyed them. Well, while we're in that por- portion of the world, Slovakia is like like a neighbor to the Ukraine. Uh, one of our um, people that would leave us voice messages, Andrew from Ukraine. I remember Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts are out to you, Andrew, and, and the rest of the Ukrainian uh, people. I just it just hit me that Andrew from Ukraine. Yeah, you go. This is Andrew from, from Ukraine. Ukraine. He's he's uh, he could legitimately be fighting for his country right now. We have no idea. I hope you are well. Okay. Uh, next. Hello, this is Lee from Carrington, North Dakota. North Dakota. Uh, just a quick question: Do you think there will ever be a dedicated gaming system for an Android platform? Despite several tries and several Kickstarters that seem to be successful, there's never been a successful console based on the Android system, other than the obvious smartphones. I don't think there ever will be, because I think once you... I think... I mean, it's an open platform, right? It's an open platform. Anyone can do it. Um, It can be done fairly cheaply. I feel like not many people... And I mean, I mean this seriously. This is not just a, a, an attack at, on the Amico. Not many people want to play their phone games on a home console, and because Android is so much so you know so popular as the mobile as a mobile phone operating system, mm-hmm. it's natural. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's natural that you're going to get mobile phone type games made for a mobile phone operating system. Those games are meant to be played in short bursts or on a phone. Mm-hmm. That stuff just doesn't necessarily translate over to a, 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 as as much as I. There are phone games that I like, but none of them are games that I would ever want to sit down on a couch and play on a TV. Yeah, so, I, so I think I think the I just don't think the demand is there. I really do think the Ouya was probably the best shot at it, and and that was sort of earlier in the smart phone lifespan right. so that's before it became like almost everyone has a smartphone now I, yeah. the ouya had problems but i mean when you compare it to some of the other like recent campaigns the ouya did about as good of a job as they could at marketing that yeah. sort of thing and at that time it only did two hundred thousand sales yeah uh, i almost never play uh good old raid shadow legends on my computer i had it loaded up it's like what's the point you're never gonna do that I, I, and, 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 like, like some of my other favorite you, you games like things easily it's not twitchy calculords like, is another one of my favorite games i would absolutely never play that on a console oh, no, no there's it doesn't like, make any sense it'd be a waste of your like your resources why do you have this superpower thing to play calculords might be fun like on a pc it's with a numpad or something but like i would that's not a console game my at pal all. sean babe puts out a good game but i'm not playing that on the on you know when did that come out during a 360 lifespan Probably. Yeah, I'm not playing on 360. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is CU Podcast Memes. And I was just wondering if you have any stories from like a pre-online inventory world, the 90s, 2000s, of driving around all day looking for a specific item, if it's game-related or anything else. Like I have memories of driving around with my best friend in high school trying to find 
PS2 memory cards. And then I have a memory of driving around with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, looking for a Wii in 2007. Ah. So I was wondering, not like white whale stories where you're always looking for this particular item everywhere you go, but spending all day going retail location to retail location looking for a particular item and if it was a positive or negative story. Thanks. Yeah. Any from you? I got a couple. Uh, so like, just like stories of like going yeah. around buying. Yeah. So, um, looking one, for something in particular, uh, what'd you say? Looking for something in particular. Yeah. So yeah, we, I did that once with, um, it was saga frontier two, which I ended up hating. Um, but my buddy and I, so my buddy Jay worked at the, um, worked at, uh, one of the local game stores. Um, it was called Worldwide. And I would go up there and hang out and we'd shoot the shit. And we, him and I together at that point in time were buying like basically any fucking RPG that was coming out for the PlayStation. So <clears throat> Saga Frontier was coming out and we really wanted to grab it. And they didn't get their copies in. So neither of us drove. So I remember um, go walking this was like early in the day, walking to one of the malls to see if they had a, copies of it at their GameStop. When I say walking, I mean this was probably like an hour each way to get what to the mall to walk. Yeah, they didn't have it. Got back and then we <laughs> and then we we finally found a location that had it. Pulled our resources together and I took a cab there. Made the cab wait outside the other mall. Ran in, grabbed two copies of Saga Frontier Two. Got in the cab. Headed back, went home, put the game in that night, and fucking hated it. Uh, where is it? So yeah, that's the first two hours of walking included in that. That's the um, first one that comes. To my mind. big one was, um, well, I went to. The, I've done. The, I've I've told a tale of like I would go to five or six Funko's Funko Lands in one day, all within like the hour vicinity of me. But there was the time I did that, looking for best of the best on Super Nintendo because that was a game that I remember renting. Uh, probably when I was 12, um, and I was into martial arts, and that game was really good. Um, a little tough to get into, but no one ever had it at Funko Land. For whatever. I mean, it's not the rare, it's, it's, un, it's not common. It's uncommon, but like it's not rare, uh, and no one ever had that game. I mean, for years until I finally found it at a Funko Land. This is before. This is like before. Uh, before I got on eBay, so I must have bought this when I was like 17 or 18. Right. I was driving, but like before eBay blew up or sure. thinking about it. And, like, I would drive and look for that. Like, I don't remember when I actually found it, if I was looking for that day. But I remember looking, oh, there's Best of the Best. Someone finally fucking traded it in. And I, I picked it up and I was happy uh, when I got it. Okay. And we got we got another one from uh, anyway. from C Podcast Memes. Hey, Pat and Ian. See you Podcast Memes again. And I'm always super self-conscious about leaving voicemails. Like, it's been a big barrier to try to do that. Uh so help me out with that. What are some questions that you guys definitely don't need us to leave on voicemails anymore? I know I've left some that Pat has never played, so I'm assuming oh, Pat checks them out first. I do. What are some questions that you know you get too much here on the voicemail? I, I think the ones I prefer not to are the ones that only one of us can really speak to and the other one can't. I mean, it can be good, but like if someone asks Ian a question about vinyl collecting, I have absolutely nothing to say. You know, for that, it's just like, okay. Yeah, I actually like, don't mind that because then I usually learn something about you that I don't otherwise know. I don't mind if you ask questions specifically about, about me that. or about them. It's about you. That I don't know about just, vinyl collecting? It's, it's, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't mind. Like, oh. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, care. if I speak about something you can't talk about, you yeah, know? I don't, like, care. if somebody asks about chess, oh, you I can, mean, you, I can talk about chess, chess, but like, 
Yes. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. It's a weird thing. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't give a shit. That's just whatever. A- anything. All right, slanderous. Uh, anything that you would... Uh... Yeah, don't ever ask about my sex life ever again. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Don't ask about our <laughs> sex lives. That did happen once or twice. Yeah, don't don't was... ask about our sex lives. or ever have... Don't ask if we're going to have kids. Yeah, don't ever ask that's about like, kids. Like, that's weird. Really fucking weird. I'd say that. That's, that's weirder than sex. Yeah, I'm going to have kids for dinner. <laughs> what? going to eat them. Okay, okay. That, now I went to a weird Hansel and Gretel type shit. <laughs> uh, no, uh, and we probably don't need to be asked. Like, I cannot, I cannot give you a top five anything. Yeah, top, top is tough. I cannot give you a top five anything yeah. in the amount of time that a a a Colin. Yeah, tops are tough to think of on the spot. Would allow. We used to, that's why we sort of veered away from those. When we used to do the the the, the Twitter stuff. We'd be like, ah, top or best of. Yes. It's like that's tough. And then to order stuff, it's like, yeah. Yes. No, next. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Alex calling in again from Oslo, Norway. And uh, I know you guys have been bashing NFTs a lot, but I have a great NFT opportunity for you. Get ready for the Beanie Baby NFT collection. Well, that's basically their digital beat. I mean, (laughs) yes. I mean, that's exactly that. We said that a year ago when, when NFTs were starting to get known. Like, that's. It'd be funny if there actually was a license, though. They actually license a Beanie Baby. Oh, yeah. That'd be like, that'd be meta, and, and I'm actually buy one because it's actually, it's funny. <laughs> My question is, do you think that the PlayStation 4 will have the potential to be one of the most collectible systems moving forward, just with how hard it is to find a lot of these games? I don't know if anyone's going for a full set, but good luck. Thanks, Max. <sighs> we'll have to see in 10 years. I, I do understand what you're saying, though. We are, we are in a, we're, we're now... And it was a quick transition. I mean, it really did happen between the PS3 and 360, like um, you know, run, and then the PS4 and Xbox One um, generation, and even more so now. But we we are now far more games. I think I don't know. Far more games are being bought digitally. I don't have that th- those facts in front of me. But digital game sales are a non insignificant portion of game sales. Um, so there are less physical copies of games out there there are definitely games that games that would have gotten small print runs to begin with probably got even smaller print runs knowing that it could sell on an online store so yes i think there are going to be lots and lots of rarities and rare titles for the ps4 the real question is going to be um how how collectible what's it going to look like in 10 years are we going to have access to servers where we can access all of these old retro games or is there still going to be people out there trying to do any sort of this collecting rare yes collectible we'll see hey pat and Ian, this is chano from baltimore i was just listening to you guys talk about corporations trying to sell nfts pat you said something interesting to me you said their philosophy is all about the results so my question is uh you ever study philosophy because uh, there's this whole branch of philosophy about results called teleology and uh, i found that studying that funnily enough actually helped me a lot better understand liars and thieves i wonder what aristotle would have to say about nfts thanks for the podcast you guys uh, have a good one yeah i mean a liar and a thief is just someone who's selfish that's what it comes down to for the most part um it's it's it, there's the rare case of, of a you know of a of a thief or a liar doing it because you know it's in the best interest of something larger than themselves but that that's rare but yeah i i think what it comes down to is that some not all some businesses, maybe more than they should, only think about the short-term result and not the large. That's why I'm happy you've had people like Gabe from, from uh, Valve say, like, fuck 
you know, fuck crypto and all this because they could make money doing people it. People like could. Sid Meier. You, 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 I mean, need, you need at this at, point. There is this thing as ethical business, business ethics. Like at, they know that it's bad long term. The small, scrappy NFT side is so loud and so vocal that we really do need these. You know, I guess, you know, I, I hate to sound stupid, but the elders to, to yes. come out and be like, this is dumb. Yeah. Like, take a deep breath. This is fucking dumb. There are businesses that are saying this is some of this stuff is bullshit. Uh, because they realize we could make money off of this, but long term, how does it affect our customer base? And that's what Gabe said in that yeah. interview. He said it's bad. People are being taken advantage of. And there are a lot of like we'll say cold and uh, monolithic businesses that don't think about that. But you you obviously have to have businesses that say you know this is right and this is wrong, and we're part of a larger community. And that's why I'm happy you see you've seen most uh, of these companies speak out against NFTs. Most of the most of the gaming companies have done that. Like I will, I I would be shocked if a company like Nintendo said, "Yeah, we're going to get into NFTs." I would, it would, it would be, we'd be shook, shaken to our core if we saw something like this, because it would be totally tantamount to what they, you know, represent. Uh, all right, a couple more. Hey, Pet. Hey, what's up, Josh again? So Josh. my question is, what is the biggest prize you won at an arcade, or Pet, the biggest prize you might have won when you were at the. Uh, Jersey Borderlog, I remember when my cousin was a little back in the 90s, he won a big TV playing that rain toss game. Wow. And he carried like 20 blocks. It was actually pretty cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. The, the, if you're not familiar with the ring toss game, um, they're, they're bottles, and you get these usually red rings yep. that seem to be like non-magnetic to, to, to the bottles because like it was nearly impossible. When I say nearly impossible to throw the ring on the bottle top, it must have been like the exact circumference. It's, or that, it's, it's not the it's it's not the um, it's not the size. It's the material. The material is bouncy. It's super hard and it, it it it's bouncy and it like plastic you, rings. Yeah, yeah. Because there, the what you'll see is people who are good at it. You can still nail the ring toss on the bottle, and the ring will yes. like pop off. You you, you got to have a gentle touch with it too. You have to have a gentle touch, or you get lucky on a ricochet and it bounces around. Like right. I almost never when I used to see it. You'd buy like even in the eighties, late eighties, it was like twenty rings for like uh, three dollars. Might as lot. well just throw all twenty you, at once. You, you, you <laughs> might as well just throw your dollars at it because right. I, I almost never saw someone win that. But there'd be like a row. You want to say like it was twenty bottles by twenty or something like that, like a big. Yeah, it, it was always thing. a big. Um, and they use big, big. I do remember TVs uh, on the seaside boardwalk. It was always near Casino Pier. There, there might have been a couple, but there's always one at Casino Pier. Um, and there was also bicycles. There's be bicycles hung upside down, and that was the only prize. It was one win choice because no, it was shocking when you saw someone win. Like you'd see someone win that. I'd say if you spent the whole week on the boardwalk going every day, maybe one person a week you'd see like you'd be around to see someone win that. Sure, and people would go nuts. It was like winning the fucking lottery. Yeah. The whole point is I never won that stuff. You know my uh, my parents didn't like spending that money on that stuff. My uncle used to do that. We never usually did the did the frog the frog box, which is the which is the goat. Uh, arcade amusement, excuse me, a boardwalk amusement. Uh, we would do like the, just the the, the the somehow legal, but they're not uh, games of, of chance. Uh, you know, wheels. The you know the arrow went around the wheel. Um, so I never won something that big. I did win um, the really awful radio controlled car because it wasn't choice, uh, where you hit the button and it goes backwards to the right or goes forward. I oh. won that. It's, it's like you, I was made fun of by my cousins for having that because they had like the you know the actual. Forward and back and turning, yeah. you know. They had a real. I never had a real, real radio control car as a kid, and surprisingly, that that has not bit me ever to get into that because everyone on my block uh, had like the Turbo Frog and Turbo Hopper and the model ones, and I had nothing. 
as a kid. All the older boys had the, had the best shit, and I had nothing. So I didn't. So in terms of the what I won that was best, I did win a big, um, a big Pink Panther uh, stuff thing like that. Big. That was at my local school fair. Though that was not down the shore. Anything you mean? What was the biggest thing you won in arcade? I never really won anything at those. The biggest thing I ever probably won was one of those plastic samurai swords. That was a, that was a prize. Yeah, in an arcade. Yeah, for, uh, I want to see. Yeah, that was an arcade prize. Really? Yeah, That's a cheap prize. Hey, Pat, it's Daryl from Buffalo again. Hey, Daryl. This is kind of a statement and a question at the same oh. time. Pat, why the heck aren't you collecting for the Wii U yet? Come on, it's one of the shortest libraries of games. And there's only about 168 games. You should really start collecting for it. And secondly, our flea market's dead in 2022. All right, guys, have a good day. Hope to see you soon. Bye. I love you, Daryl, but are you trying to get me on this to help pump the price of the, of the games you already own? Like, why are you, why are you so gung-ho about me collecting for a console I barely played when I had it. I think I played Mario Kart, Wii U, sometimes with Ian. We used to have those fun races back back at the condo. I used to play that, and God, I, I don't... I remember buying the Smash Brothers and playing it once. Um, and then, God, yeah, I don't... I think I owned like four or five games for the Wii U. That was it. Um, Is that a reason to collect games, Ian? Because the library is small, so you can no. Bang it out? No, no, absolutely Speaking not. Speaking of that, Daryl, I love uh, you, but that is a bad idea. I, I do not agree I'm with that. I'm trying to get out of a new systems, Daryl. Uh, someone was selling Devil's Third Sealed for hundreds of dollars. That's the one that we reprinted, wasn't it? We talked about it on the podcast years back. I, someone like Yeah, but I mean, it was probably still printed in, in small enough amounts that... Even with the second one, years yeah. later? Yeah, I guess so, because it looks like six six seventy five. Buy it now on it. Because the price did plummet when it came back brand, brand new. I remember that. The price yes, shot under $100 yeah. again. So you're saying that it's still like there's enough collectors out there that want to buy it. I guess. I, I, there's Wii U completionists. I had no idea that was a thing. No idea. Yeah, I weird. Guess you can't do the Wii easily, but you can do the Wii U. There's only 100. What do you say? 170? What do you say? 178, I think. That's ridiculous for a Nintendo console. Yeah, it's like nuts. That. Isn't that insane? God. Uh, okay, we'll do. Uh, we'll just check in with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Hey there, Pat. Tommy here. We got to stop running into each other like this. Anyway, I couldn't help but overhear on the last podcast how you said I shouldn't even be running a hot dog stand. Well, guess what? I just opened up my own hot dog stand. What do you think about that? Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, how you doing? Can I just get a hot dog with uh, ketchup and mustard? Absolutely. Your order is in. Okay. Are you going to make it? or uh, Eventually. Eventually? I just gave you my money. What do you mean, eventually? Well, you know, there's a chip shortage. you got to be patient, man. I didn't ask you for chips. I asked you for a hot dog. I don't think you understand how business works. I don't understand how business works. No, you don't understand how business works, pal. Well, well, All right, you know what? I want my fucking money back. Give me my money back. You can formally request a refund at the Intellivision website. Are you kidding me? Come here. Give me my money. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> there, Tommy. Careful, Tom. You, you, you can't take the Intellivision business model and apply it somewhere else. It doesn't seem to work really. <laughs> no. Really, really anywhere doesn't seem to work. No, that was that was amusing. That was amusing. Well, that's it for this podcast. This was fun. It's, it's done. We're thought, finished. Thought we didn't have anything to talk about, but we did. We cranked it out. All right, time to go work. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.